2: This is the NFL Inside Report. Tua looks hurt there, too. Goodness. Spencer Uh, cracked them. Tua, Tyrod, Baker, Carson, Carr, and Andy Dalton all banged up in a rash of QB injuries on Sunday. And we get the inside scoop from NFL Network
3: Insider, Ian Rappaport. If Fields goes out and absolutely lights it up, good problem to have. I think they'll probably deal with the fallout, but hard to imagine going back.
2: Plus, a late fourth down conversion leads to celebration for the Ravens.
4: Everybody said what? Go for it! And that's what you did tonight. That's what you did tonight. From the beginning of the game to the end of the game, you went for it. And that's what wins.
2: We go back to Baltimore's win over the Chiefs just ahead, but let's begin with a Sunday not kind to starting quarterbacks.
0: Taylor's on the run. 10, 5, and... Taylor to
2: the pylon, touchdown Houston! Texans and Browns tied at 14 when Tyrod Taylor injured his hamstring late first half. Rookie Davis Mills would have to finish the game, a 31-21 loss in Cleveland. But a quarterback situation now bringing back a whole host of questions in Houston. Let's just start with the injury itself. What does the prognosis look like for Taylor after David Culley said today's day to day?
3: Yeah, day to day, I guess, technically, probably right. I was told pretty quickly after it happened that he is not expected to play on Thursday night, which, you know, it's it, almost certainly if you have anything wrong with you, playing four days later is difficult. That's one thing that makes the, the Thursday night games so challenging for teams just health wise. But um, I would be surprised, very surprised if he plays. So you'll probably see Davis Mills. You'll certainly see Davis Mills as the starting quarterback, which is kind of fun and interesting and going to be fascinating to yeah. see uh, what he brings to the table. As far as the actual injury, um, we'll see if they make any official designation kind of going forward. I would expect it more week to week rather than day to day. You know, maybe there's some sort of dramatic improvement that we don't see, but um Seems to be, I would say, somewhat significant for Tyrods Hill, which, you know, obviously is a bummer because he was, he was playing well and they were right in the game when he was in it. Um, then, you know, he left and it kind of all got derailed. But, sure, um, you know, another frustrating kind of weird injury for Tyrod.
2: He's moving around. He's very mobile. So like to try to tough it out with a hamstring injury is going to be very difficult for a quarterback like that, for a player like that, it would seem. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Right, so so Davis Mills is one thing. Uh, if we expect him to be the starter, as he was the backup uh, and has been the backup this whole season, inactive for this whole season has been Deshaun Watson. Yes. Did practice during training camp. Once the season has started, he is not practicing and he is not playing. I talked about this with Palmer last week on this podcast. Like, what happens if Tyrod Taylor gets injured? Like, would we see Deshaun Watson as a backup? Or, you know, obviously, David Culley kind of putting it an into any of that speculation today, saying he will be inactive once
1: again. First of all, let me just start off and just say this before, before I get asked Deshaun Watson will be deactivated this week, just like he has been for the first two, two ball games.
2: You're going to have to call up Jeff Driscoll from the practice squad. Yeah, You know, like this is a roster construction issue here at some point, right?
3: Yeah, and, but I would say, you know, this is a minor roster construction issue. Yes, yeah. you'll have to call up Jeff Driscoll. First of all, you could do that now with, you know, not a lot of issue. You can call up a guy and send him back without having to go through waivers. So like the roster right. part is something, it's not nothing, but it's not like a major thing. I think the, the big thing to me is, uh, and I'm not saying this for you because everyone asked the question, but like, why would Deshaun play? Right, like why? Right. Why would this change anything? Because he has he has vowed not to play for the Texans unless they trade him. I know they had trade talks. They held very, very, very firm on a price. Uh, no one has met the price yet, and so I think for the Texans there are definitely reasons to hold on to Deshaun the entire year and trade him in the off season. Benefits that greatly outweigh kind of the roster maneuvering that'll have to happen. So it's not like Deshaun was like, I'm not going to play. Unless I'm really needed. Because the reality is he is really needed. He would be great. He would be the starter. He would be easily yeah. the best quarterback on the team. So nothing that actually happens on the field has changed anything with his status or in his mindset.
2: And nothing will, safe to say?
3: I haven't heard of anything that that would. I mean, obviously if he's you know, if he's traded during the season and, you know, I would expect there's there's certainly a possibility that happens, especially if the Texans get the price they want. But absent that, you know, I don't know, I don't know what would end up changing anyone's mind.
2: And the biggest obstacle to any potential trade for Deshaun the pending legal issues surrounding the allegations of sexual misconduct, or or really the asking price from the Texans.
3: I would not say that the legal situation is the biggest obstacle. That is not at all to minimize the. Legal situation, the civil situation, like, and I know people sort of, one of the problems with talking about it, as we have to do all the time, like right now, is there's the football side of it, which obviously is what you're asking me about, about a possible trade. And then there's the legal and civil side of it, which is almost different. And it's like, they have two different answers. So yes, like the, the legal situation is serious. The civil situation is potentially serious. Um, the league is investigating. They have talked to witnesses. Um, Deshaun has said he will cooperate. All of those legal things, you know, they're, they're very serious allegations. All of those things are going on. However, that has not actually deterred teams from trying to trade for him. I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. Right. Like maybe some teams, but there, there were teams absolutely 100% interested in. Trading for Deshaun Watson, regardless of his legal situation. So, um, to me, it's more as of right now, the asking price. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the other thing. And this is like, it's weird because the whole thing is weird, but um, the Texans actually benefit from holding on to him. Because let's say they trade him, the Eagles were a rumored team, right? Let's say yeah. they trade him to the Eagles, the Eagles go 16 and one. That actually devalues the draft pick that the Eagles traded. To the Texans for right. Deshaun Watson, it makes the draft pick worse. So right. The Texans actually benefit by trading him after the season because then Watson can't go play and improve the draft pick.
2: Correct. Then you would know what draft pick you're getting once you, know. you know once the right. order is finalized. Right. So you're looking at a team. You know, you would love to trade him to a team that's uh, picking in the top five or the top ten um, as yeah. opposed to a team that got a lot better with him mid season. So Miami was also one of those teams that had been talked about in the market for Deshaun Watson and just True. had their quarterback go down with an injury that forced him from the remainder of the game to a Tungavailoa first half bruised rib injury. Again, let's just start with the injury for Tua. What are you hearing
3: there? It doesn't sound major. I mean it's easy for me to say it's not my ribs, but sure. the you know there was some worry about cartilage damage. It sounds like that's okay. Exams and tests were fine. So it's it's bruised ribs. Which, if you ever have that happen, it really is. It, it's really terrible. Um, it feels awful. Um, but it's not something that is debilitating. So it's really going to be a, how does he manage the pain issue on Sunday? And, like, how functional he can be. Right. Um, so I don't know if he's going to play, but at least he's got a shot. And we'll see what happens Sunday. I mean, I'm sure the Dolphins are going to try to keep it under wraps, as they should. Um, sure. We'll see what happens on Sunday.
2: And then long term for Tua, just trying to use the connective tissue here. Texans, Deshaun, Tua, Miami. Is there any sense of, stabil- of stability with Tua and the Dolphins at this point, right now, moving forward?
3: You mean are they stable with him as their quarterback? Right, right. You no, know, I, I mean, I, not to sound like a coach, but I think you're always trying to improve, right? So yeah. like Tua is, you know, Tua is is good and I think has certainly showed signs of getting better. He's only in his second year, we know how talented he is. So if you told me that Tua would improve to be like, you know, in the top half of the quarterbacks in the league by next year, I would say, okay, that would be certainly conceivable. The tools are there. Problem is, you're comparing him to a quarterback who's already in the top five. Right. I mean, Deshaun Watson, if you put aside everything besides what's on the field, he is an absolutely incredible football player who's a top five regardless of position. So then, you know, if 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 a trade would make sense price-wise, would the Dolphins get better with Deshaun Watson? Like, yeah, they would get better. They'd probably get a lot better. And that's kind of the hard things. It, it almost, in a weird way, kind of has nothing to do with Tua because Watson is so good. He's just better than almost anyone you'd compare him to, you know? Right.
2: No, that, that part makes sense uh, for sure. So we'll still kind of keep an eye on the developing situation with Tua. So they are not set yet on whether he is available for them this week and beyond in terms of the rib injury. And that's something that you and right. Tom and Mike, of course, will be following here uh, moving forward for the Miami Dolphins. Still to come on this episode of NFL Inside Report.
3: The Baker injury might actually be the most serious, weirdly.
2: Baker Mayfield finished the game but will it be an issue moving forward? sheet back with Brown's answers and more questions
0: surrounding Carson in Indy. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Snap is back, four-man rush, Dalton to throw. A conviction throw over the middle, on the post. Allen Robinson, touchdown! Touchdown, Bears!
2: How it started for Andy Dalton with that touchdown against his former team, much better than how it's going. Now dealing with a knee injury that forced him from the game and forced him to watch rookie sensation Justin Fields come on for his most extensive playing time, hanging on for a 20-17 to 17 win over the Bengals. What do you know about the Dalton injury and how that might affect him moving forward
3: here? It's amazing how many quarterback injuries we had on Sunday, and they all seem to happen like right in a row. You're trying to watch like a trying to have a casual football watch.
2: And all with other like underlying storylines, too. I know. You know, like in Houston and Miami and now with Justin Fields. But let's start on Dalton.
3: So, yeah. So, uh, according to a source, it is, um, it is a bone bruise. And a bone bruise is not a bruise. I mean, it is a bruise, but it's a bruise on your bone. It's not a minor injury. Like, if you get a bruise on your thigh, like, you're probably fine. It hurts. It's called a charlotte yeah. horse, but you're probably fine. This is not that. This is when your two bones like rub up against each other. And you could see if you watch the clip, like the leg, the knee kind of shifts a little bit. Like it's a really scary kind of weird injury, which is why, you know, what happens, just so you know, the mechanics of when I watch football. Um, an injury happens that everyone in the world texts me telling me what they think it is. <laughs> it's just one of the weirder things that <laughs> happens in my life. So I will be watching a game, you know, I watch Red Zone and I'll watch two other games. I have three TVs and some player goes down and every armchair doctor is like, Yup, Achilles, ACL, <laughs> torn shoulder, you know, whatever it is. So every, all the guesses on Andy Dalton, which of course were all wrong. We're all like catastrophic injuries because that's what it looked like. It is not a catastrophic injury, but it is something that might keep him out. You know, generally this keeps players out. So, I mean, I think there's a real chance we see Justin Fields. It is, you're right, not how the Bears wanted to see it. They didn't, they, they wanted to ease him in and use these growth opportunities to kind of get acclimated, you know, splash a little bit here and there, go back and have Andy Dalton play. Andy Dolan was playing well. The thing is, you know, let's let's say Justin Field goes out there and play, like, you know what happens, like he could play well, and then how do you go back?
2: Yeah, well, that was the question to Matt Nagy multiple times today was, all right, if Andy Dalton is healthy, is he still your starter? And there was kind of this weird dance between him yeah. and the reporters about whether it was the right thing for him to even say because of scheme concerns and eventually left the the news conference without giving a definitive answer one way or the other, if Dalton is healthy, whether he remains the starting quarterback. If Andy is healthy, is he your starter?
0: If Andy is healthy, is he your starter? Uh, that's something that I'm not going to get into with scheme. That's not scheme. Of course it is. That, that's, that's 100% scheme,
2: Brad. And then they had public relations come back in and say, I yeah. wanted to clarify that Andy is still, in fact, the starter when he is healthy and in your estimation, Ian, even if Justin Fields goes out there, let's say has to start next week and, you know, has the game of his life, 300 yards, touchdowns, no interceptions, all that. They would still return to Andy Dalton as it stands now.
3: In my estimation, I don't know. I mean, I know what they said, which is that when Dalton is healthy, he's a starter. I also know the world and we've we've seen it too many times, right? Like, you know, you're not, I mean, we, we saw it with uh, the chargers last year. Yeah. Right. Tyrod was great. Supposed to be the starter had been totally fine. Herbert goes out there, everybody loses their minds. And then it's like, love Tyrod, but honestly, how do you go back? And so, you know, look for the bears, if, if that situation you described happens, like if fields goes out and absolutely lights it up, Good problem to have. I think they'll probably sure. deal with the fallout, but hard to imagine going back.
2: And so, Matt Nagy's stance that Andy Dalton is still the starter fits with everything you had been seeing and hearing with the Bears and their plan for the quarterbacks with Justin Fields slowly kind of integrated. You know, yeah. months ago, right? That fits the party line, right?
3: And Dalton's playing well. I mean, he really. I know people. Everybody wants to see the bright shiny rookie, but like Dalton is yeah. actually playing well and probably you know, I would say give them the best chance to win. But again, like Fields goes out there and lights it up. What are you going to
2: do? Well, look, and he wasn't perfect coming in for Andy Dalton. Yeah, you know, threw an interception to Logan Wilson. And yes, he had some drops, Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson. Um, But look, just look at Jacksonville and New York, right? I mean, (laughs) rookies do not come without struggles. You got five interceptions apiece for both Lawrence and Zach Wilson there. So again, nobody uh, wants to hear
3: that at all. Because, no, like, of
2: course
3: not, you, you know, and like the problem is you see guys like Burrow, who I thought played really well last year. Herbert probably ruined it for every rookie because those guys look so and Matt Jones, too, like, yeah, looks really chill. Yeah. Um, it's not always like that. I mean, it's just it's just not like people come along at their own pace, but it is really freaking hard to go out there and be a rookie quarterback and play well.
2: Yeah. Peyton Manning also had five interceptions through two games in his rookie season. Just, just a well,
3: terrible too. Right. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. took oh over the middle and
2: was bad. Like a zero passer rating is rookie yeah. year against the Ravens, I think. Um, so look, the mama said there will be days like this for rookie quarterbacks, I think is, yep. is the way that we're approaching it here at this point. Okay. Let's move on to Indianapolis where we are again, talking about an injury to Carson Wentz second day of camp had the foot injury, was able to come back and start week one. They end up losing to the Seahawks. Come back here week two. They're in this game, Ian. They are tied at 24. And he's forced from the game with an ankle injury. What's the word there?
3: Yeah, great game too, by the way. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty frustrating, I'm sure, for everyone involved. Like, literally everyone involved. Um, so, I thought it was one ankle. It's actually two ankles. Which is, you know, that's all the ankles he has. It's both of the ankles. So he's That's got, correct. I believe, a high ankle on one and then a low ankle on the other. And, you know, that sort of explains why he didn't look – why it didn't look right and why he couldn't go back in there.
0: Ankle got twisted up, felt it right away, did not feel good. Tried to tape it up, spat it up, do everything I could to get out there and finish the game. And it's a, it's a bad feeling to not be out there, especially in that situation. Kind of feel like you kind of let the team down a little bit. So it's definitely frustrating, but – football
3: so you know we'll see about his status this week I honestly don't know yet neither of those things seemed overly major so maybe he can get out there but like it is frustrating because every time he goes out there and looks good it's like another injury crops up it's not anyone's fault and like this was a freak thing and it's like is he injury prone is he just unlucky like it's Aaron Donald so he twists your ankle like that's a that's a twist you know that's a real twist.
2: This wasn't on the same play, right? Both ankles wasn't the same play, was it?
3: That I don't know. I know that I know that one got knocked pretty good on that play, but I can't tell, and I haven't been able to get an answer to what both happened on the same play.
2: So then we turn to Jacob Eason. Right, and it, in your understanding, um, you know we saw a lot of Jacob Eason in the preseason because we had to because Carson wasn't playing. But the the level of confidence for the Colts if they have to turn to Eason here for for any period of time moving moving forward, in your estimation,
3: I mean I think they're as confident as you could be in a backup who hasn't really played who came into the game and threw an interception immediately. Right, like it's not <laughs> so not, it's not not great. It's not yeah. what you're looking for. Uh, but you know it's. This is why you coach, and I think the the Colts are a very, very well-coached team. So, if anyone can get them kind of ready, I think they would do a really good job. Now, as you know, and I would say the same thing for Justin Fields, getting the full week of reps changes a lot of things. Sure, like Jacob Eason probably got no reps this week in practice. It's just the way it is. So, like, definitely could be better, but yeah, it is extremely challenging.
2: And look, obviously, um, ankle injuries. You know, especially a sprain. While they can be serious, are not typically looked at as you know major things here. But if you add them into the whole pot for Carson Wentz, multiple season-ending injuries in Philly, foot injury early in camp here in Indianapolis, like the long-term, you know, injury health concerns with Carson, are they just? Are they? Do they continue to build? Like within that building in Indy.
3: I I don't know how they cannot, and again, like I don't know whose fault this is. Like what like what is Carson doing wrong to get all these weird injuries? Like and they're all not related to each other. Yeah, I mean he's had some bad luck, sure. The ACL, which was kind of weird, the back weird, the foot, which was like an old injury, but he kind of dislodged a bone and then surgery went great. And so he actually beat the recovery time there, and then he goes out and sprains two ankles. But by, you know, thanks to Aaron Don, like, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sure that Wentz is asking himself a lot of the same questions, like, what can I do? And I guess the answer is nothing because that's just, it's not fun, but that's just unfortunately the way it's been.
2: Right. It just, you know, calls into question whether the Colts, you know, even beyond this year, can continue to count on, yeah. you know, a guy who, look, let's be honest, has had durability issues, not necessarily of any fault of his own. Right, but certainly something uh, that we'll have to continue to monitor. Hopefully, Carson can get back out there for the Colts here relatively soon. Uh, one injury to a starting quarterback that didn't really cause an issue in the game—it seemed was Baker Mayfield. The shoulder uh, got hit pretty good. I think make it a, trying to make a tackle on the interception by Justin Reed, uh, he was able to come back into the game. Any concern for Baker moving forward?
3: You know, it's funny. Like we, we've talked about, in, I mean, the Tyrod thing—we'll see how serious that is. But like the yeah. Baker injury might actually be the most. Serious, weirdly. It looked bad the way he was holding the arm.: Well, I mean, the the left shoulder went in and out of the socket. It subluxed, which is the same thing that Brian Fitzpatrick had happened, except yeah. it was a hip. So like yeah. you know, if that was a right shoulder, I think he would be okay, but it would be different. This was a left shoulder, so it's like, all right, it probably hurts a lot, and he'll be okay. Um, but that was like a legit injury. And so, you know, he came back, played well, they won the game, getting some tests, getting an MRI today. He should be fine, but it was definitely not nothing. Like we all, I think we're all sort of conditioned to be like, you know, shook it off. Like, no, like that's a legit injury. And like, he's a baller for coming back from it.
2: No question. Toughness for sure. Now you just wonder, like, you know, once that happens, you feel like it, can happen again. Like we've seen that with, with shoulders. Oh, yeah. And certainly don't want uh, want that to happen for Baker to you know impact what the Browns have going right now after notching their first win of the season over the Texans. Um, you brought up Washington and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Taylor Heineke, phenomenal on Thursday night football. I mean, just I mean, so impressive what he's been able to do for this team in tough spots, right? In spot duty. Uh, going back to last year in the wild card round, he said after the game on our set on Thursday night football uh, in the post game, I believe I have earned the opportunity to start for this team moving forward, even when if Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back healthy. Now, it sounds like they have some time before they have to make a decision here, but is he right? Like, does, does he have a real shot at this?
3: I think he is right. And I love that that interview setting is one of my favorite, not just that we do, but like of anything. Because first of all, like crowds always going crazy. The that's players, awesome. you always talk to the winners, right? So the players are all yeah. like elated. They're feeling good. It's a, they're feeling good. And then, you know, the analysts will ask anything, like literally <laughs> anything. So like when someone asked that, I was like, thank you. Like, yes, this yeah. is, cause that's really the question. Right? Do you believe with the job that you've done here oh, yes, tonight, that question. you have
0: earned the right to start at quarterback for the Washington football team the rest of the year? I do. uh, And I have confidence that I can do it. So um, if those guys in the the locker room and the facility believe in me, that's all that matters. um, I think they do. So
3: let's try to keep this ball rolling. That was great that he answered it. I think he is right. He played awesome. And, you know, I kind of said before he played that, I thought this was like the, the, the littlest drop off from starter to backup in the NFL. Yeah. Right. Fitzpatrick to Heineke was probably the, and like, I am not even sure now if it's actually a drop off. I'm really not, like I thought he played great, might
2: actually be better, yeah
3: I mean, and younger and cheaper, and so everyone's looking for the guy who's gonna start, like I don't know, like could this be their guy next year like i I, I mean, I know he's been sure. drafted and was in business school and you know went to a small school, and like the background is all kind of whatever, but then you watch him play and you're like, that's kind of what a guy should look like, right,
2: yeah. I talked to Jonathan Allen after the game. Um, their stud defensive lineman who had two sacks and it was like, "Man, that dude that you see on it, when the lights are the brightest in, in big spots, you know that's who he is on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday." Yeah, and so you know just to say that that builds confidence within a team, and I think it's clear that they they rally around Taylor Heineke. And he is leading them right now. See if he can continue to do that in Ryan Fitzpatrick's quick, uh, absence.
3: Quick Jonathan yeah. Allen story. I was in Minnesota for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and I was at a dinner with a whole bunch of people, and he happened to be there. Uh, and so I sat right near him and chatted for a while. And I, it was like a steak place, and I ordered a steak, and he ordered two steaks. <laughs> That's my story. He won up me by steaks. ordering two steaks. <laughs>
2: two snap sacks on Thursday night football. See that's what it equals. There you go. That's good stuff. Okay, and so then just to wrap up here on some of these injuries to starting quarterbacks in as teams look around for to perhaps supplement their roster in their quarterback meeting rooms, obviously one big name that's sitting out there is Cam Newton. After he was released by the Patriots, still feels like he is better than, you know, one of the best 32 quarterbacks in football, I should say. Is he getting any looks? Is anything changed on the Cam Newton front?
3: uh I haven't heard of any and you know I've looked around um right I've looked around the league tried to figure out you know what's a logical destination where might he go Washington was one that people mentioned obviously didn't happen and probably won't now um I, I don't I don't have one um and you know it's it's frustrating but also like Cam is a different dude you know and, yeah. and it's amazing but he actually said it better than anyone has ever said it which is that because of his aura, he almost can't be a backup. He's right. Yeah. This has been true since Tim Tebow. Sure. Uh, it was an argument against, unfortunately, signing Colin Kaepernick. I wish Colin Kaepernick had been signed. It is still sure. a frustration. Um, but he obviously, he obviously wasn't. Um, and it's the same thing. Like you don't want a backup who's going to overshadow the starter for better or worse. So maybe someone gives him a chance to start. Right. If an injury happens, I just haven't found that team yet.
2: Ian Rappaport, thanks for hanging out with us here today, bud.
3: Good stuff, man. Take care. Thank you.
2: Up next on NFL Inside Report, drama in prime time. A fumble, a fourth down,
0: and a first for Lamar Jackson. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: On Sunday night, just over a minute to play. The Chiefs trailing the Ravens 36-35, but already in field goal range at the Baltimore 32, a potential game winner from Harrison Butker. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, for the first time in his young career, fumbles as the Chiefs tried to get closer. Ravens recover, trying to run out the clock, but they fall short on third down, bringing up a fourth and one from their own 43. Head coach John Harbaugh asked his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, if he wanted to go for it. The answer was yes, and here's how it sounded.
1: The offense is staying on the field. The ball is at Baltimore's own 43. Well, they're at least looking like they're going to go for it. At a minimum, I think a hard count seems like a good idea.
2: Jackson lines up in the shotgun. He takes a quick snap. Jackson running to
4: his left. He's got the first down, and the Ravens are going to win.
2: 36-35, the Ravens get their first win of the season, and Lamar, his first victory over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Three other Sunday games coming down to last-second field goals. A Greg Zerline 56-yarder here at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles gives the Cowboys a 2017 win on the road over the Chargers. Heartbreak in the desert. A high-scoring affair between the Cardinals and Vikings had Arizona on top 34-33 in the final seconds. But Minnesota got Greg Joseph in range for a 37-yard game winner. High snap, put down, Joseph, come on!
4: good. Are you kidding me? He missed it right. He missed it right.
2: That sailed wide right. Vikings fall to 0-2, cards 2-0. And Titans kicker Randy Bullock coming up big for the Titans on the road in Seattle, accounting for 15 points, including a 36-yarder in overtime to give Tennessee their first win. Here's
1: the snap out of the gun. Brady's looking, going toward the end zone. Ted Godwin
4: makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Five touchdown passes. Tom Brady today.
2: And finally, behind Tom Brady's five touchdown passes, the Bucks beat the Falcons 48 to 25, moving to two and zero on the season. And they've now won nine straight, dating back to last year, while scoring 30 or more points in each of those nine victories. Brady now has nine touchdowns through two games the most through the first two games of a season in his illustrious career and that's going to do it for this edition of NFL Inside Report our thanks to the Ravens for that phenomenal locker room speech from John Harbaugh and thanks to you for being with us we're back with you on Wednesday for producers Thomas Warren and Tim Parachka I'm your host Brett Lewis we'll see you next time NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your
0: shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower...